If you view yourself in this room as a mature believer, a mature man of God, a mature woman of God, then I just want you to ask yourself this today. Do you think that God has given you everything that he has given you, the revelation, the wisdom, the life experience, going down the list just to benefit you? Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Anchor Church Podcast. It is our desire at The Anchor to provide a place for you to know God, find freedom, discover your God-given purpose, and ultimately make a difference in the world around you. Each week, The Anchor Podcast features Sunday sermons. To hear this live and before subscribers do, join us in Rockport, Maine on Sunday mornings at 10 for worship and before that at 845 for prayer service. You can follow along in this podcast episode and read the sermon notes on our website by visiting theanchor.me. Now, let's get into the Word. Yep. So, Father, we thank you for today. Lord, we thank you for every person that just is here today. Lord, we know that you have a plan and a purpose for their life, God, that your thoughts towards them are great thoughts. And, uh, Lord, that you, uh, Lord, that you just have the absolute best for them. And uh, so, Lord, I just pray, God, in our own hearts today, God, why would we settle for anything other than your best? And uh, so, Lord, help us today just to make a commitment to, God, all that you have for us. And, Lord, we're just praying today, God, that, in fact, Lord, to just kind of take corner here, God, that we're, we're asking, God, that you would come and begin to just shift our paradigm, shift our way of thinking, the way that we see you and the way we see ourselves and the way that we even see your church. Uh, God, once again, that it's not some, uh, you know, cold organization, but God, you've called us to family. And so, Lord, we're just asking today by the power of the Holy Spirit, God, that you would drop that revelation so deep in our hearts, God, that we couldn't help but to respond to it. So, Lord, thank you for releasing joy in the house today. Thank you for releasing faith in the house today. And, uh, Lord, we just say, God, collectively, that there's a yes in our heart, God, to everything that you desire to do. So, Lord, thank you for the anointing. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that that teaches us and guides us in all truth. And, Lord, we just thank you for guiding us today in that truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, listen, over the past month or so, we've um, spent quite a bit of time unpacking, uh, you know, really just piece by piece, layer by layer, this whole biblical concept of kingdom culture, kingdom family. And, uh, you know, we want to continue basically in that trajectory and that theme today. But let me maybe stop. And, you know, you saw it on the video a while ago. But if you are maybe visiting with us today and, uh, or maybe you haven't been here in a while, I would really encourage you guys to go check out our podcast. You can get that on our website at theanchor.me or you can find it on iTunes. Go all the way back, basically, like I said, a little over a month ago. Start listening to those things. I, I believe personally that will benefit your life greatly because all the stuff that we're talking about, you know, this isn't just some knowledge out of book. This is what we tried to live. This is what's changed our life, and we just believe it'll change yours as well. So anyways, so let me uh, kind of begin here today. I want to begin by drawing all of our attention to something I believe is a really, really, really important truth in the Bible. And, and I'll just say this. About eight years ago, when God began to open up my eyes to all the stuff that we've been talking about lately, one of the things that I noticed was how God chose to use family language throughout the Bible. That He literally chose to use a family language throughout the Bible. And if you want to just, you know, think about this way, that throughout the Bible, God himself, you know, refers to himself as this. He refers to himself again and again as our father, as Abba Father, as our Heavenly Father. He even said he's the father to the fatherless. And uh, he also says he's the father of lights. Now, all of that might not seem like a big deal to a lot of people, but when you pull back and you start to think that here's God Almighty, right, the, the most powerful being in the universe, that, man, he could have easily referred to himself in a thousand different ways. He could have said, you know, that he was the, the president of the universe. He could be in the principle of heaven. This sounds so cheesy, but in my mind, I, I had this the other day, so it's kind of embarrassing I'm even telling you this, but, but uh, the, the wonderful warden. I don't know why I thought that, but, hey, I'll share it with you today. Anyways, that, that here he is, that he could have said, you know, look, I'm the mighty general. But yet he chose to reveal himself through the tender yet strong title of father, right? And I think it's really important to understand that from the position of father, uh, he turns around and refers to Jesus as what? As the son of God, the son of man, only begotten son, the beloved son, the son of the most high or the son of the highest. He referred to him even as this, as the bridegroom. And he referred to him as even this, and I think this is kind of mind-boggling, but as our elder brother, as our older brother, right? And so once again, if you notice, all of that is what? It's family language. 
And so last but not least, from that position of, once again, family, the Father turns and even refers to the Holy Spirit as the spirit of adoption, as the very one who brings us into the family, right? So here's the simple point I want to make up top here is, is this, is that throughout these titles, the Bible makes it very clear that the Godhead, or what we refer to as the Trinity, the triune being of God, that, that is, he's made up of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, okay, or the Spirit, the Spirit of adoption. And the reason I say that is to kind of draw our attention to a real simple fact is you can't have a father without a son. You can't have a son without a father. And, and so, therefore, when we look at the Trinity, once again, it's not some cold religious celestial organization that's just way, you know, somewhere really elusive, but it's a loving family of three. Yes, that the Trinity is a loving family of three that is perfectly united as one. So if you can kind of get in your mind today, I know it's kind of hard. You know, Trinity is one of probably the, the greatest mysteries in the whole Bible. But if you can kind of just grab a hold of this simple thought that the Trinity operates and flows as a family unit. It's all I really want to grab, that the Trinity operates and flows as a family unit. Now, we see this truth in this verse. I want to draw your attention to 1 John chapter 5, verse 7. It says this. It says, so there are three witnesses in heaven, the Father, the Word. Who's the Word? That's right. We know that John 1 says that the Word is the Son, right? And the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. So once again, I, I just, you know, throughout eternity, you know, God, God could have chosen a million different ways to describe who he is, but yet here he is all throughout the Bible self-disclosing himself by using a family language. Once again, Father, Son, and Spirit. Now, the reason that I believe that this is so vital to our understanding is because of this is because when God chose to do this, he firmly established the model or the pattern that all kingdom relationships should function and operate from. You get that? That Once again, that he firmly established the model or the pattern that all kingdom relationships should function and operate from. What does that mean? If, if, he, if he operates as family, then guess what? Every relationship in the kingdom should operate as family. It's really that simple. And, and, and so, you know, once again, it's this idea that's a culture of family, but it's this idea here that, that God, that when God creates, that God always creates uh, after the pattern, or, or should I say it this way, that he never creates uh, in a pattern or in a way that doesn't reveal him and his nature. So everything God does, he does it to reveal himself. So, so when we're sitting here today, we go, man, what in the world does this have to do with me? Genesis 126 says, then God said this. He said, let us, the Simplified Bible, then God said, let us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, once again, family, make mankind in our image after our likeness. So if this is true that you and I are created, you know, in God's image, then that must mean that the concept of family has been hardwired into our spiritual DNA. So this explains to me, at least, why the Father chose to refer to us, uh, once again, us that have received the spirit of adoption, as this. He refers to us as the sons of God, his sons and daughters, children of God, the family of God, or the household of God. He says we're joint heirs with Christ. And then he even uses it, says that we're brothers and sisters, right? That we're brothers and sisters, not only with Christ, but also with each other. And then he says this crazy thing, that we're the bride of Christ. Once again, notice that all of that is family language. It's really important that it's a family language. Now, I, I personally believe this is why it's so important for us to grab a hold of this. Because when you and I begin to catch this, I think it's impossible to see church like we've been raised to see it as. Watch this. That, 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 I, that I think it's, you know, listen, when you're growing up, it's, it's almost like, at least for me, I'll, I'll talk about me, maybe not you. But when I was a kid, you know, my, like I told you guys before, my parents were divorced. When I was at my mom's house, we didn't go to church. You know, Jesus was nowhere in the picture, right? When I went to my dad's house, my stepmom would sometimes drag us to church. And, uh, you know, that was the day that, that I had to wear, I don't know where we're going with this, but that, that days literally that, you know, I had my little church outfit, Right? I have my, it's in the South. I have my church outfit that I think was from an Easter service, and it was really bright colors. I think it was green pants, if I remember correctly, <laughs> like bright green pants, and uh, like a yellow shirt. Look at my pigmentation. Those colors don't work, right? So anyways, so anyways, so I remember, you know, whatever, trying to put these things on, and, you know, you're growing, and you're getting a little chubbier. And anyway, so I'm sucking in, trying to clip it. Anyways, and so I'd go to church, and, and you know, when we would go to church, we would always show up late. 
I always show up late. And, and, and when you're in one of those old country churches, right, uh, basically the back door, right, and everybody would do this. And it's like the walk of shame, right? You're just like, oh, my God. And, and it's like, how fast can we find the back pew, right? Anyways, so, so we slide in there. But my view of church was this, man, that it was cold. It was out of touch. It was just irrelevant. It was this uh, religious institute, this religious system. And it was almost this mentality that we file in because there was four boys. We file in. We suffer through this thing. And then we file out of it. And somehow through all of that, we're supposed to find God. Anybody ever been in that church? Not a fun church to go to. But, but listen, I believe, you know, listen, I really believe it. I don't think it's uh, maybe something new, but, but I believe it's something that God's been trying to get our attention on for a long time. And I finally feel like we as the church world are catching up to what he's doing or what he's been desiring. But I think God wants us to see church as this, that he wants to see that the church, uh, see the church as a family that helps each other do what? Number one, to discover their identity as sons and daughters of God. There's such a revelation of that happening in the church now that, that we don't need to just go, okay, that, 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 that's cute. No, that's a revelation that will change your life. Right, And so to understand that, number one, that, it, it's, that we're here to help each other realize our identity as sons and daughters of God. Secondly, we're here to help each other be saturated in the unconditional love of God. You get that, that we are called to love one another. In fact, I'll say this. Our highest calling outside of loving Jesus is to love people. So why would we want to stink at what we're the highest calling? Well, I'm just not. The Bible says that God shed his unconditional love in your heart. And he just didn't shed it in there to, to let it be in there. It, it's to spill out on some other people too. Amen? So, so to saturate people in the unconditional love of God. And thirdly, we're here to help each other fulfill each other's calling and destinies. And, and the greater work that's not on there is this. is basically all the purpose of that is to basically to multiply the kingdom of God. Yes, Jesus came to reveal a kingdom, yes? And so a neat thing here, and this is what I didn't understand when I was a kid, because, because church was anything but a joyful experience. But all of this that we're talking about, guess what? it's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be joyful. It's not supposed to be something that's painful that, oh, my God, can we get through it? Right? So listen, here's kind of where the brass tacks and all this is at, is, is when God created you and he hardwired DNA in you for family, he also embedded deep down in your heart uh, a few desires. And it's this, that inside of every person in this room, that there's a desire to be loved and to love every one of us. There's a desire in every one of us that, to be known and to know other people, right? And, and I don't mean know each other by name. I mean know, each, know somebody. I, you know, it's almost like this. I think we live in the church, and when we talk about knowing people, it's almost like we, we know an actor or an actress, or we know LeBron James, or we know, uh, you know Tom Brady. It, they don't know you. <laughs> if they do, ask them to tie through the church. Amen? So, <laughs> yes. Just having fun. So, so, but, but it's this thing. I, I think it's easy to go, oh, yeah, I know that guy. He'll go to church with him. But do you really know him? See, it, that inside of us, that once again, there's a desire to be known and to know. And, and then the next thing is there, guess what? That every one of us desire to be heard. That's why you fight your spouse so much. Because you don't feel like they're hearing you, right? So every one of us uh, have a desire to be heard and to hear. That hearing part, we may be struggling a little bit. But anyways, but, but the next part is, man, that, that we all have a desire to belong and to help others belong. That inside of us, man, there's a desire to grow and to help each other grow. There's a desire to be served and to serve. Every bit of that is hardwired, embedded deep down in every single person's heart. Now, how successful we are at those things, I believe, depends on our connection to Jesus. Yes? So, so listen, I, you know, just a thought here. And we'll leave that there. But, but do you think for a second that if we all agree that those things are in us, do, do you think that God in his infinite wisdom knew what he was doing when he said, man, the best way to bring all that to the surface is through the context of a spiritual family? I believe so. I believe God knows what he's doing. Amen? So, so once again, to kind of ask you a question is this, is why would you and I want to settle for anything less? Let me get more clear. I, I am personally in my heart, why would I ever settle for some cold, distant, file in, file out, suffer through kind of church? Yeah? 
Yeah, it's, it's man, who, who wants to be stiff? Not me. Stiff things are for dead things, right? And I don't want to be dead. So, so, so listen, here's what's so neat, though, about all this is, is uh, the responsibility of that kind of culture in our church is not based off me, me and Jen and a few other people. It's all of us. Yeah. We're all responsible for bringing that kind of culture of about. Yeah. Now, now we, we can either... Uh, sit back and, and uh, you know, say, well, somebody else will do it, or we can dive in and say, we're going to do it. Yeah? Well, we've never done it that way. Yeah. Don't let that be the words. So let me give you another thought here. In, in John 17, Jesus prayed this amazing prayer, and, and I believe in the, the basically in what he prayed is, is simply this, that, that it is... Um, the key if we'll be successful in this or not. He said this in John 17, 20. He said this. He said, I'm praying. He said, for all of them. Who's them? It's us, right? To become what? Come on, talk to me, y'all. To become what? To become one heart and mind. To become one heart and mind. Just as you, Father, are in me and I am in you. Once again, there's a picture of the Trinity working. So they might be one Heart and mind with who? With us. Talking about the Trinity. Yes? So here he's saying, I, I, my prayer is, God, is that the family of God will be one with each other and that they'll be one with us. Now, I, you know, just a simple thought here for you. I, I believe that it is impossible for you and I to be one heart and one mind with the Trinity without us embracing this whole kingdom concept of family. It's impossible. Because once again, that's how he operates, or the three of them operate. Therefore, it's how we should operate. Y'all with me? Listen, I also believe it's equally impossible uh, for all of us to become one without being willing to do this. Get close. You, you know, this might sound cheesy and, and you know, don't take this necessarily in, in the wrong way. But listen, in a, in a biblical sense, when, when Jesus says that, you know, a, a man shall leave his father and mother and basically cleave to his wife and they shall become one. How in the world did I ever become one with my wife without ever being willing to get close? We've been close four times. Four times. That's it. That's it. We didn't need practice. We just... Four times. All right. So, obviously, it's in a different sense here. But, but, but in this sense, is if, is if you and I are actually going to, you know, answer a prayer of Jesus's, then, then, man, then we got to be willing to get close to one another. Yeah. And can I be honest with you? That can be scary. Yeah. Yeah? People are scared to do that. And, uh, you, you know, I, I, I just think, man, is there a risk involved? Yeah, but, man, the reward of it can far outweigh any risk. Yes? So, so, all right, so let's shift gears here a little bit. I, I want to really bring this down today, and I want to get really, really practical. And, uh, you know, just kind of the idea, by faith, listen, if we're, if we're going to... If we're going to make the decision as a church to go for this, if we're going to take the necessary steps to get close, necessary steps to become one, to live together as a family, I personally believe that there's three relationships, spiritual kingdom relationships, three types of relationships that we need to not only just have, we need to seek them out. So this is going to get really, 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 really practical. But, but these are three relationships. If you're living and breathing, you need these three relationships. All right. So, so uh, let me do this. Uh, Zach. Zach, come here, man. Hey, yeah, it's fine. Uh, Drew, I know you're in there uh, holding the kid, but, man, come here, please. I don't know if you're holding the kid, but uh, maybe not. Come here. All right, so let's do this. I'll do it. Heather, come on up. You're, you're famous. You're on the screen. So, um, Cheryl, come here, please. If you guys could just stand beside each other. Just look pretty. It's easy. If you two could go over there. I don't want Heather to be distracted. Looking at Andrew over there. All right, so let's do this. Uh, this is just really simple stuff here. Let's go. Let, let Kyle come here and Pastor Brian, if you can come here real quick. Just stand over there. I'm not trying to embarrass anybody, but just come here. Just stand beside each other, please. So, so listen, real quick. So, <laughs> man, he's old. Do you expect him to walk over here? I mean, that's. Listen, all right, so watch this. So, spiritually speaking, these are three types of relationships that we should have in. in, in our church, okay, is this one. We'll throw up the first one here. 
Watch this. It's brother to brother or sister to sister, because obviously they're not girls. So we're saying brothers to brothers, all right? And, and the next one, it's this. It could be it could be a son and daughter, or a or a uh, son or father, or a daughter to a mother, all right? And then lastly, here we'll say basically a a uh, father to a son. Are y'all tracking? Yeah. So father to son. Mother to daughter to mother, brother to brother. I'm confusing myself. Here we go. All right, so watch this. I, I, I personally believe that as followers of Jesus, that we should be involved and engaged in, in all three of these types of relationship during our lifetime. And, and maybe if I can just say this, that, that I believe that these types of relationships should be actively, we should be actively engaged in these relationships. Maybe let me say it this way, more than one of these relationships at a time. My goal personally is to have all three of these relationships happening in my life on a consistent basis. So this is how I live. This is how I think. Once again, I look for folks I can be brother to brother with, and, and I look, obviously, people that I can be, that I can take a position as a son to a father, and I take a position of how I can be a father to a son. So these are three relationships I live from. Watch this. So the first one, brother to brother, is simply this. Or maybe let me say this first. Just a thought. If, if God saved you and I and brought us into his family, what would ever make us think that he's okay with us isolating ourselves from the rest of the family? You know, this morning, I, when I was kind of going over my notes, I remember Jen and I used to go to, uh, on holidays to, because uh, we lived basically in the state, didn't have any family around us, so family was always really gracious to uh, invite us. In fact, they used to invite me when I was a single guy. Uh, to come have, uh, you know, Thanksgiving dinner, Christmas dinner with them. And then when we got married, we, we came. And then once we started, you know, those four times, we brought those four with us too. And so anyways, but there was always, watch this. So you got this big old family. And man, you're talking about biscuits. Lord Jesus, touch me. And um, anyways, so homemade biscuits. I'm, I'm having flashbacks. So, so, so there was this, there was always this guy in the family that, uh, you know, Everybody's laughing and playing and joking, and there was always this one dude in the family that always kind of stood off by himself. Now, all these years, I've known these people almost 20 years now, uh, actually over 20 years now. I, I cannot tell you how many times that those people mentioned, you know, based on the course of, you know, little interaction, that there's that guy in the corner. They loved him. He loved them, but he always isolated himself, and the whole family was like, man, that's just awkward, Right? It's family time, and the guy's hiding. And so if that happens within the context of a, you know, our own family, a Christmas or whenever, then, then does that not apply in the spiritual family as well? Why would you want to be the guy or the gal in the corner that's kind of isolating your own self? To, to me personally, I'll just say this. Uh, that's one of the foolish things you'll ever do in your life if you do that. right? Because it doesn't make sense for us to live isolated lives. So, all right, so let's speak briefly, and we'll let these two handsome guys sit down. Speak briefly here to the first one on the list, brother to brother or sister to sister. This is the most common relationship of the three, okay? And, and I'll say this, the context of this relationship is simply this, that, that neither person involved is what we like to call necessarily ahead or more mature than the other when it comes to their walk with God, Okay, and so, the, you know, I'll say this, that they may have different strengths and different weaknesses, uh, but their relationship would never fall into those two categories. And the reason is, is because it would just be really awkward if he said, hey, man, I want to be like a spiritual father. Hey, can I be your spiritual son? It would just be awkward because they're so uh, they're so balanced so well. All right. And so, you know, if there's a scripture here that I would say that really grabs the heart of this kind of relationship, it'd be first Peter one twenty two. It says this, it says that you were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth. Salvation, right? And then it says, so now you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. Love each other deeply with all of your heart. That's what's happening there, that they're loving each other deeply with all their heart. And it's kind of like this, that this type of relationship, that, that when you're in this, you feel a strong compelling from the Lord to go, man, that, that, that I want to... Uh, you know, I want to be involved in this person's life more than just your typical friendship surface level. So, so I think this, that, that what makes this relationship so different than just your typical friend is really one word. Everybody grab hold of this. It's, it's one word. It's called transparency. That's what makes this relationship so different and so valuable. And, you know, it's been said this, that transparency is when we share our inner conversations out loud with a trusted friend. 
is when we share our inner conversations. We all have those, right? Some are good, some are bad, but we all have inner conversations out loud with a trusted friend. In other words, I have friends in my life that I go, man, I can tell them anything that's rolling around in there, and I know they're not going to love me any less. Right? The, the other day, I was having a really, 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 really bad day. I know you guys have never had any of those. But I was having a really bad day, and I called one of my brother-to-brother guys. And I went, Ugh. And you know what he did? He just prayed for me and loved me. That's what I needed at the moment. Because you ever had those days where you could just run through the wall? You're so, I was having one of those days. Anyways, so I, I think it's this, that, that this type of relationship, the reason it's so valuable is because it's built on a mutual respect. It's also built on a mutual love, but it's built on a mutual trust. And that's what makes transparency happen. Because when you trust somebody, you can get transparent with them. And here's what's so cool. When you have transparent communication with somebody, it opens up our heart's door to God's truth and God's love. Isn't it amazing how when you begin to reveal the secrets of your heart, how they don't have that much power over you anymore? When you just feel like you can tell someone. And the reason is, is because this is because when we begin to get transparent, it's what the Bible talks about, I believe. And First John talk about fellowshipping in the light. That what happens is that when we begin to share things, it reveals the darkness that's there. That God's light comes and shines. That God's truth comes and shines. And his light begins to expose and reveal the lies of the enemy and the plans of the enemy. And those things can be canceled out. Yeah, but if I hold on to it and I live isolated, when I isolate myself, guess what? I have no help coming from anywhere, and I get my lunch ate, right? But when I can share with somebody through transparency, Jesus comes. Amen? So listen, there's a few verses here. Yes, the fellowship in the light, but another verse that I would just encourage you to maybe to jot down that happens in this relationship is Proverbs 27, 17. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. All right, y'all give these guys a hand. Kind of amazing. Way to hold it down, bro. All right. You guys want to come over here? Awesome. So listen, the second relationship on the list is, is once again, a son to a father or a daughter to a mother, okay? And I, and I separated these on purpose. But, but here's what I simply want to say. For, for, for you guys, let's be quick. For you guys that are in the room today... Um, that might not consider yourself among the spiritually mature in our church, okay? And, and that's okay, all right? But I want to ask you a question. Do you think maybe that you could possibly benefit from the personal life or the personal investment, right, from a more mature believer who might possess some of those Christ-like qualities that you desire to grow in? Could you benefit? Just, just, I mean, listen, and, and what what's so... What's so key here is this takes humility to be able to look across the room and go, man, that person is further down the road than I am. And, and you know what? And, and I can really benefit from, from, you know, them being in my life. And, and the question is, is that's you. If you go, man, I, I feel like, man, I'm kind of new on my walk. Or maybe I've been a Christian for, you know, 40 years, but I don't feel like I've gotten left traction really in 40 years. I feel like I'm still young in the Lord. Then, man, you need to really begin to look for one of these people. Amen? Give them a hand. Y'all come close. These guys are going to stay a little longer. Watch this. So, so from, a, from the third relationship on the list, once again, was a father to a son or a mother to a daughter. And, and it's this. You know, once again, I just want some of you guys to consider. If, if you view yourself in this room as a mature believer, a mature man of God, a mature woman of God, then I just want you to ask yourself this today. Do you think that God has given you everything that he has given you, the revelation, the wisdom, the life experience, going down the list just to benefit you? The answer is no. No, 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 no. Listen, it's, it's this. Um, would, you, would you rather die and go to heaven and you've hoarded everything spiritually or would you rather die and go to heaven because you're broke because you gave everything away that God gave you? Yes? So, so, so listen, obviously the answer is, is no, God didn't give all that to you. But, but the question I want to ask you here is this, is who does God want you to be investing your life in? Can I get really, really straightforward with you? It might sound hard. If you're not investing all of your life into someone, you're probably not in the will of God in that area of your life. I know that goes over really well. 
So, so but, but watch this. But on the flip side, watch this. If you're not, if you're, if you haven't positioned yourself as a son or daughter, and you're not receiving somebody, you're probably not in the will of God in that area of your life. If, if you don't have brother to brother, sisters, you're, you're probably not in the will of God in that area of your life. And once again, the, the reason is because God designed us for all of that. Yeah. It's really that simple. I, I, don't, I, don't need, I don't need some, you know, 75 Bible verses to, to uh, reassure me of that thought. All I have to do is look within and realize how I was wired and made and go, man, I probably need that in my life. Yeah. yeah. Is it in the Bible? Oh, yes. All right, so let me give you actually two verses here that we talked about last week that kind of, that kind of grab a hold of, of this relationship. Watch this. Malachi 4.6. We said this last week. It says that he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children, and the hearts of the children to their fathers. It's huge, right? So, so obviously, like we said last week, that that right there, you know, once again, is it biological children? Yes, but, but I also believe it speaks to our spiritual children, our spiritual parents as well. The next verse is this, and this is Paul writing to people who are not his biological kids. They're, they're kids in the faith. Uh, throw up the next one there in Corinthians. Yeah, thank you. It says, I'm writing as a father to you, my children. I love you and want you to grow up well. I want you to grow up well, right? That, that not spoiled. In other words, that I look around the room and I see people that are younger in the faith, men, and I want them to, to do it well, yeah. right? And then it says, there are a lot of people around you who can't wait to tell you what you've done wrong. Has anybody ever had that guy? Man, I've had plenty of those people in my life, right? Uh, plenty of people. It says, but there aren't many fathers willing to take the time. Everybody say time. time. Take the time and effort. Somebody say effort. effort. To help you grow up. That's this relationship that we're talking about, right? So, so let me kind of give you a thought here. When it comes to these three types of relationships, physical age goes out the window, Please don't miss what I'm saying. Physical age goes out the window because our physical, natural age uh, has no bearing on spiritual maturity. Okay, I, I have met 22-year-old kids that are way more spiritually mature than 60-year-old men. Plenty, all right? And, and so, so all that kind of goes out the door. Now, if it goes out the door, then we got to understand that, guess what? Then there might be a chance that uh, God wants a younger person to father me or mother me. And how many of you guys know that takes a lot of humility? It does, right? And so let me just maybe say this. If you can kind of grab a hold of one word here, just think of the word investment. Investment. Who's investing in you? Who are you investing in? Blah, blah, blah. Okay? All right, so watch this. Before we close today, I wanna, what I want to do here, and this is why I got these guys still up here, I, I want to take a, a closer look at the qualities or the characteristics of a spiritual father or a spiritual mother. And in doing so, I, I want to reverse that and go, hey, if, if you're here today and you feel, and you feel like, man, I'm, I'm uh, you know, up to the task in that, th then what should you be looking for from a spiritual son or spiritual daughter? Because that's key, right? It's key. So we'll start off first there, and we'll talk about here the, 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 the qualities of a spiritual father. Now, when I go down this list, please do yourself a favor. Remember that there's no perfect people. Okay, so you might not have all of these. So when we go down this list, if you're, if you're the father or you're the son, if you're the mother, if you're the daughter, it might reveal areas that you're like, I just need to grow in that. And let it just be that. Don't let it disqualify you and go, well, I don't have those three things, so I can't do this. Yeah. So qualities of a spiritual father and mother. And these are pretty simple. I'm going to give you 10 here with a whole lot around it. All right. So, so the first thing is this, is that they've settled in their heart that they want to be a resource or a conduit of life. This is huge. And the reason is, is because the Bible says that, that basically, obviously, that God is Father. In the Hebrew language, the word Father means source. And so what happens is, is let's say Pastor Brian says, you know what, I'm going to enter into this relationship with Kyle, that he sees himself not as God in his life, but he considers himself as one standing in that position as a father. Therefore, he becomes a source of life to Kyle. And there's a lot of people that don't get that, right? What happens is, is they view this person as someone that can serve them, not what it's about. Okay, or someone that they can manipulate to benefit them, all those things. But, but he needs to see himself as a person that's here to give life. That should be his number one goal in this relationship is to hear the Holy Spirit's voice and to obey what the Holy Spirit says and to be a, a conduit, once again, a resource of life. Amen. All right, the next thing is this, is that, that a spiritual father or a spiritual mother, they know how to focus on what's important, and that's this. They know how to point people to Jesus. 
I say this, and that may sound like a no-brainer, but I cannot tell you how many times what happens is when, the, when people enter in this relationship, this person becomes so dependent on them that they, that they can't get to God until they go through them. This person has to do all the God work for that individual. And the goal here in this relationship is for, once again, that this guy is going to teach this guy, he's going to point to Jesus so much that he becomes so dependent on Jesus, he'd never look at him. He's just, he's just there for wisdom, right? right? So, so let me maybe say it this way. If, if something happens in your life, watch it. If something happens in your life, let, let's pick on Kyle. If something happens in his life and the first thing he does is call him and ask him to pray for him, or the first thing, you know, he goes, man, what should I do? Then that shows that he's dependent on him. The first thing he should do is go pray, and then he should call him. That sounds silly, but I can't tell you how much I see it. Right. The next thing there is this, is that, that when you're a father or a mother in the faith, th then it's important to you that you model kingdom values and character. That you model kingdom values and character. Listen, it is proven that, that we, you know, as people, all we have to do is look at, look at how we were raised. That what we see is typically how we respond. It's how we act. How mom acted, how dad acted, that's how we act. We, we are created by God that whatever we behold, we become. And so what happens is, is guess what? It's utmost importance for him to display kingdom character. Why? Because he's going to imitate him. That's why Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. It's important that he's imitating Christ. So if he begins to imitate him, he's ultimately imitating Christ. Am I making any sense? All right. So, so it's this, that, that man, that, that this guy says, you know what, I'm going to walk with Jesus, and uh, I'm going to live a godly lifestyle. And, and it's also this, under, uh, this understanding that he knows that he can't lead Kyle anywhere that he's never been himself. So, you know, it, a lot of times teachers will tell people what they need to do, but they don't live it themselves. That's the disconnect, right? That's where Paul said, you got a lot of teachers. You got 10,000 teachers, but you don't have many fathers. In other words, you got a lot of people wanting to tell you what to do, but man, they're not even living themselves. They're not pointing in the direction going, hey, follow me, bro, right? The next thing is this, is, is a spiritual father or spiritual mother, they're willing to invest. They're willing to invest. And what I mean by that is this, is, is, is they're really just simply doing this. They're sharing and imparting what God has put in them. And once again, you can't impart what you don't have. Right. And, and so I, I want everybody to understand this. Make no mistake about it. When you make a choice to be, uh, you know, willing to invest someone's life, it requires sacrifice and it will require time. Yes. You, you, you don't listen to me. Four kids. Right. Four times. <laughs> See if you're awake. So, 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 you know, I don't say, hey, uh, hey, guys, I'll parent you every every other Tuesday. Now, if you're going to parent kids, it takes time. Yes? You, you know, even, let me say this. Did you know, I'll clip back in youth pastor mode. Did, did you know that the average, uh, the average amount of time that parents spend with their kids in the United States is eight minutes a day? That's why we have problems. So can you imagine, once again, if, if it's this. Here's, here's maybe really if I can get the disconnect here. Is, is one of the reasons we struggle so much in the family of God is because we birth kids and then we leave them out there to raise themselves. Figure it out. Read your Bible. Pray. Quote that scripture. Scripture. If you didn't understand. <laughs> I had somebody tell me the other day, you said a word and it took me like five minutes to figure out what you said. So I tried, I figured I'd help you. So anyways... <laughs> So, so but, how, but listen, how many, how many, you know, kids have we birthed into the kingdom and left them out in the cold and just expect them to fend for themselves? That's not what fathers and mothers do. So the next thing is this, is, is this is key. It sounds simple, but it's key. It, is a spiritual father and spiritual mother, they're hospitable. They're hospitable. And what I mean by that is this, is how can we expect people to let us in their lives if we're never willing to let them in our lives, in particular in our daily routine and even in our own homes? There's something so powerful about having someone sit down at your kitchen table and eating a meal with you. Right, And I think one of the reasons why so many people, and, and, and he and I have seen this, but I think... Um, I'm assuming that he and I have seen, I've seen this, is that, man, I cannot tell you how many preachers we've seen along the way that would never invite somebody to their house. And I believe, personally, one of the things that they're afraid of is, A, they're afraid to let people close, but they're afraid of people what they might see because, because it's not the image that they portray. 
right? But there's something about when you let people in, and this is God honest truth here. People are going to grow from your life based off what you do right and what you do wrong. Just be you, yeah. right? I, man, listen, I, to a fault, I probably show people my ugly. But the reason is, is because I refuse to be the Eiffel Tower, you know, or whatever, the ivory tower, uh, you know, guy that's basically fake and phony. Whatever tower. <laughs> right? Thanks, thanks. The next thing is this, is, is what's so powerful. And this is, this is the number one area that this man has helped me with. But, but a spiritual father and spiritual mother, they need to believe in the person that they're yeah. parenting. Need to believe in them. And the reason is, is, is when this guy for me, you know, basically showed confidence in me and when he encouraged me in my heart, that produced courage and it produced a confidence that wasn't there. Right. But that's what happens in those relationships. Once again, it, it, when you let, let me maybe say it this way. There's a Bible verse that talks about basically fathers pretty much helping children mature. The word mature there, when you look at the actual Greek word, is where we get the word telescope from. So it's interesting. So what happens is, is, is the telescope, you're, you're basically looking 5, 10, 20 years down the road, and you see what God is wanting to do in their life, and you begin to speak to that. Right? You don't speak to here, you speak to that. Obviously, there's things you address here, but we're speaking out and calling out the life in you because we know where God wants you to go. Now, it's hard to speak to someone's destiny if you don't have an intuition of what it is. That's why it's so important to be locked into the Holy Ghost and, and to pray and go, God, what do you want to do with their life? It doesn't mean I have to tell them, but it does mean I start speaking into it in a roundabout way of their character. Yeah. Hope I'm making sense. So I think this, basically, the next thing here is this, is that a, a, a spiritual father and a spiritual mother, they have a great knack of being able to create an atmosphere of love and acceptance, of love and acceptance. Once again, it goes back to what we're, what we're wired to need from God. And so what happens is, is this guy right here, man, he's like, man, I'm, I'm going to be full of patience. I'm going to be full of grace. I'm going to be full of mercy. And, and what's, ha what's happens when he's full of all those things, it makes him feel loved and it makes him feel accepted. And what happens is, is when he feels loved and accepted, guess what? He in return will feel like, man, this is a really safe place to open up my heart. That's key if you're going to walk this road with somebody. The next thing is this. It's important that uh, for a spiritual father, spiritual mother to have a listening ear. To have a listening ear. I, I think a lot of times, uh, you know, when we're in this spot, we, we, we think, man, we got to do all the talking. That's what teachers do. Sit down. Let me tell you what to do. But once again, when you want to parent someone in, spiritual, in a spiritual way, then you need to be able to listen. You need to be able to listen well. Yeah, you need to hear their heart and know their heart. If you don't know their heart, how can you ever speak to their heart, right? Instead of just assuming what they need to know. And, and so we need to be great listeners. Next thing is this, we need to be honest. We need to be honest. We need to be honest. It, and, and I think as church people, we struggle with this. <laughs> On one side, well, we don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. And on the other side... You know, there's people that, I don't care, it's the truth. They're both wrong. Because the Bible says to speak truth in love. Right? And, and, so, and so, once again, I think there's this side when, when, when we, uh, I'll say it this way. Have you ever seen that show, American Idol? Man, I haven't seen anything in years. But, yeah, anybody ever seen it? I think my, my, my wife made me watch a season. And so, anyways, <laughs> married to a singer. So, you know, there's some people that go to those tryouts Right? And they sing their little hearts out. And it is some of the worst singing you've ever heard in your life. Now, now watch this. Somebody along the road said, baby, you sound so good. That's what we do in church a lot. You're so awesome. You're so amazing. No, you're not. Clean that junk up in your life. Right? But once again, but, 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 do, but, do, it in a, but do it in a loving way, not... Don't be, don't be Simon, right? All right, anyways. So I think this, that when we're really honest with people, here's what it does. So many people come into the kingdom and they don't understand boundaries. And when we're honest with people, we help them identify and establish boundaries. It also helps, them, helps us hold them accountable. And, and it does this. It also um, enables us to be able to help them with their course corrections along the way. The last thing here is this, and this is huge. I might say this is huge. Uh, you got to be willing to have fun. Yep. This re listen, this relationship should be 
fun. And, and, I, and I think simply this is, is for no other, healthy families play and laugh together. Healthy families play and laugh together. So, so this, should be, this should be something that you don't take also, you know, super serious. Let's get together at 5 a.m. in the morning and let, Lord help me. Anyways, let's go to the depths of your soul. All right, so, so watch this. Uh, can you guys swap spots just so I can touch Kyle a little bit? All right, here we go. If um, I already, already gave you your level of physical touch, you're, I mean, you should be feeling great today. I think you need like what, eight, eight meaningful touches a day. <laughs> be loved. All right, here we go. Yes. So watch this. So if you're, if you're sitting here today, you're thinking this, man, I could do this. Man, I feel like God's done a lot in my life. He's invested a lot. And I, and I think that there's something I want to give to somebody. I, you know, I think, you, you know, when you're in that mindset, I, I think you, you need to take it serious. And, and you also need to go, okay, what, what should I be looking for in the recipient of the other individual? Because uh, how many of you guys know it is no fun to chase after somebody that wants nothing to do with this? Right. It is. You know, and I think sometimes in the church we feel responsible. Every person walks in the door. We got to chase them. No, we don't. There has to be something inside of them that's hungry for God and that they desire to grow and they desire to change. And so, you know, I will even say this. All those years that I ran a school of ministry, I can even look back and tell you uh, by the outcome of people's lives. I know this sounds strong. OK, but 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 I can tell you that I can see and I love all of them. And I think all of them, you know, most of them. 98% of them are doing really well. But, but there's a, a select few that are just like off the charts rocking it. And every one of those that are rocking it are people that engaged in the types of relationship we're talking about. Those people that came in the door and went to the school of ministry just to get information, you know, they're doing good. They love Jesus, but, but, but they're not excelling in what they said that they were called to when they came in the door. Right? Do you agree with that? It's, it's amazing because it wasn't just me. It was him too. People were, were in, you know, engaging with both of us. And it's amazing to see where their lives are at now, the ones who decide to walk this. So anyways, so if we're in this spot, before we go through all the, all the uh, time and effort and energy of pouring someone's life, what should we look for? I'm going to pull something from Viv Penfold's uh, playbook here. Viv says this, basically that when you're in this process and you're looking, man, who am I going to disciple? Who am I going to pour into? Who am I going to invest in? That you need to look for fat people. You need to look for fat people. Okay? You heard me right. Fat. And I'm using this because I'm hoping that it sticks. Okay? Like, like fried chicken to a fat person. All right. Anyway, so <laughs> that was wrong. All right. If it encourages any, I am like in a, in a uh, heap of mess right now trying to lose some weight myself. All right, here we go. That is God-honest truth. All right, so first one, here we go. What you're looking for, my wife, I'm so sorry I said that, y'all. My wife's looking at me with displeasure. First thing you're looking for, <laughs> you're wrong. First thing you're looking for in a person is, I'm, I'm, I repent. All right, here we go. First thing is this, is are they faithful? Are they faithful? And there's a way to basically, and I'll say this maybe, when I'm in this process, because I do what I'm about to talk about, when I'm in this process, I sit back and I watch. I do. I sit back and I watch, and I, and I just basically watch people's lives, see how they respond to certain things, uh, to see if I want to engage in this type of level with them. So this is things that I think about. Here we go. So are they faithful? So basically, Paul told Timothy to look for faithful men. And so we should ask ourselves this, is are they really committed to living for Jesus? Do they do what they say they're going to do? In other words, are they people of their word? Uh, do they do things to the best of their ability? Because that will affect the relationship. Are they trustworthy? Are they consistent? So in other words, we're talking about this guy right here. Uh, saying, are they punctual? Do they show up when they say they're going to show up? Or when they're supposed to show up? Can they be relied upon? Do they persevere or do they give up easily are they willing to go the extra mile that jesus talked about or do they always take the easy route uh, do they return calls and return texts how do they respond when they're invited into your world how do they respond uh, to opportunities to serve so those are so simple but all of those serve, uh, all of those serve as indicators uh, of how serious they are about this where their heart really is at the next thing is this is a is are they available? 
Now, what I mean by this is this, is if I'm willing to carve out time for my own family, that's what I think, if I'm willing to carve out my time for my own family, I want to be assured that they're willing to carve out time from theirs. In other words, I'm not the one that, I don't want to be the only one making the sacrifice here. And so so I'm, I'm asking, you know, this, man, how, in other words, I'm watching how they spend their time is an indicator if they're passive or they're passionate about growing in their walk with God. I want to know, are they hungry? Do they have self-awareness? That's huge for me. Do they have a self-awareness about the areas that they need to grow in? In other words, in my, in my opinion, okay, this is my opinion, questions are a good indicator here. In other words, questions are, when they come to me, are they asking questions about areas that they need to grow in? And, and, and if it's, and if it, you know, I, I think where so many people that are in this spot run into trouble is they want to get with this guy because they're seeking love and approval and acceptance so much, they want to impress this guy with how much they know. If you're fathering, it's great. We're glad you know that, but, but that's not really why we're here. Yeah. Yes? And so, and so it's kind of this thing. Uh, once again, do they have questions pertaining to areas they want to grow? In other words, can, can they recognize the anointing on your life? Can they recognize the giftings in your life? Can they pull from what God has invested in you? Do they know how to pull on it? Questions are an indicator of that, right? Because so often I think we come and we sit and we go, okay, just tell me. We're not God, right? And so there needs to be an area that you say, you know what? Uh, w- once again, uh, how do you want to grow? Am I making any sense here? Uh, and, and I think the reason these are important is because, guess what, is, is if you've ever, you know, stepped into this, you know, been willing to step in this kind of relationship, you know you can't force people or manipulate people uh, to let you disciple them. Can't do it. It's got to be in their own heart. The last thing is this. So uh, faithful, available, last one is teachable. Are they teachable? In other words, I want to be confident that they're willing to learn, and not only are they willing to learn information, but they're willing to actually put into practice what they're learning. In other words, I'm literally looking and going, okay, we spent five hours talking about that. How is it taking hold of their life? You know, know, in my mind, I remember a guy uh, that Jeff and I, back in, Back in uh, North Carolina, Pastor Jeff and I, we spent hours and hours and hours with this guy. And we said, man, it's this, it's this, it's this, it's this. And, um, you know, this is a guy that I believe had been to both of our houses. You know, we spent quality time with this guy. And he would go off and he would just keep doing what he wanted to do. And he'd come back and, and we'd repeat it. And I remember him saying one time, it really is that, isn't it? That's what he said. It, it really is that. And I was just like, oh, my God. How Stupid can you be and still breathe, right? And so, so in, this, in this teachable part, it's this. It's like, man, I want to know, are they open, right? Is this guy, when he comes to him, is he humble? Can, can he truly honor and value who he is? Can, can, can he see what he is trying to do in his life? You, you know, once again, not for a pat on the back, but can, it, it, if he doesn't get it, he'll take him for granted, Right? And it's this, is do they, does, does this guy think he knows it all? Or once again, is he willing to listen? Is he, is he willing to receive or does he make excuses? You, you know, once again, is he going to apply the wisdom that's been shared to him? Or at the end of the day, is it going to be like that guy just talked about and go do what he wants to do? So watch this. So faithful, available, teachable. But it really comes to this. Here's what really makes this thing work. This guy has to pursue this guy and this guy has to pursue this guy. I have seen this guy chase this guy way too much, and this guy's playing hide-and-go-seek from him. Can't find him. Nowhere, right? And, and I've seen this guy come and go, Dad, throw the ball with me. Dad, throw the, I'm too busy. Dad, throw the ball. I'm too busy. Dad. There, there has to be a mutual uh, pursuing and a mutual investment to make this thing work. And, and I'll just say it this way. Uh, I think that's why it really has to be of God. Right? God wants us to enjoy this life on life, this heart on heart, this sticky love that's, once again, that's, that's based off kingdom family. And, and I think, once again, it's just the language of heaven. Give these guys a hand. I've held them up here way too long. <laughs> Amazing. So let, let me maybe say this to you, and, and we'll land this thing. When I was a younger man, I spent years, years complaining and griping to the Lord that I didn't have a spiritual father, right? God, where are they at? God, where are they at? God, where are they at? Like we talked about last week, uh, if you were here, we talked about David being left out in the field. I felt like that was me. I'm left out in the field. Nobody wants to take, say I'm your daddy, right? Because I had a stepdad and I had a dad, but they weren't saved, so they couldn't help me any. 
And I prayed for years for one. And I remember one day, uh, I still actually have the notebook that's written on. I was studying this stuff. And the Lord asked me, Quentin, basically you've been griping about nobody's willing to follow you. But he said this, but when have you been willing to position yourself as a son? And I realized that part of the problem there was, is I kept waiting and complaining because somebody else wasn't doing it instead of just taking the position and just going, you know what, if, you, if you're acknowledging it or not, I'm going to pull on you. 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 I'm going to suck you dry. Right? And so what happened was I began to shift my heart and I began to be faithful, available, and teachable if they knew it or not. Yep. And so what I would do, once again, like I told you last week, I'd show up. If I knew I was going to meet with someone, I would come with questions. And the questions weren't just something that was just something flashy. I never went and said, let me tell you what I know, ever. Still don't do that. Still don't do it. But what I do is this, is there's something that I'm looking. Once again, they're further down the road. I personally identify people that there's giftings and talents and, you know, anointings on that. I go, man, I need more of that in my life. Let me pursue that person. And when I go after that person, I'm coming with questions. I'm not coming with, I don't know. Hey, man, I see this in your life. Tell me about blah, 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 blah. Tell me about blah, blah, blah. And I just learned, man, I, you know, once again, be a good question, ask her, and then just listen. Am I making sense? So, so listen, I want to end today, and I'm really hesitant to do this, um, really hesitant, but I want to do it. My hesitancy is, is that no one will respond, <laughs> if I'm being honest, okay? But here's what I want to know today. In the room, every eye open, every head up, just out of curiosity, how many of you guys uh, in this room and gals uh, would like to have a spiritual father or spiritual mother in your life. If that's you, raise your hand really high. Okay. Keep it up, keep it up, keep it up, keep it up, keep it up. All right. So watch this. Uh, everybody look around. All right. Put them down. Next question, this is one I'm really a lot more afraid of, is, is how many of you, and this isn't, cockiness this is an arrogance this is a confidence in who you are in the lord it is how many of you guys would like to invest your life into someone else raise your hand and you can actually do both lift them high all right all right everybody look around look around i don't mean look around look at the person next to you look around so so watch this everybody put your hand down jesus said this powerful thing you said basically that the fields are ripe but the labors are few. So you just saw in the room that guess what? The field is ripe and there's plenty of laborers. So God is not asking you to go, okay, uh, you know, look, I want you to take 24 people. <laughs> He's not. You know, it's, it, it may be one, two, three, but more like it's probably one. So, so you need to begin to pray and ask God, God, who is it? God, who is it? And then just start inviting them in your life. Once again, it's, it's like I said last week, it's not a, uh, it may be. Listen, I, I don't really care if you do this. But you, you may go, hey, man, is there any way that, uh, you know, pastor's been preaching this. Is there any way that we could start this kind of relationship together? It's really that simple. I have went to people and said, hey, can you, can you start pouring into my life? Right? So I'm okay with that. You got to be okay with that. <laughs> Right. So but but if you can maybe imagine once again, I, I said this last week and I'm saying it again. Can you imagine what would happen in our church and in our lives if we'd be willing to walk in these truths? Can, can you imagine how much. Um, how different our church would be if we begin to invite the Holy Spirit to bring the kind of atmosphere and culture that we're talking about today into our church. It would be unbelievable. I believe I, my thoughts here is that Sunday should be not, once again, a religious institute that would come and check the box. I believe it's supposed to be a family reunion every week. Every week. The only difference between this family reunion and other ones is you can find a wife at this one. So, um, <laughs> I am from Alabama. All right, so... I say that. There's a few ladies looking for a husband. Anyway, so I'm trying to help them out. Awesome. Let's stand to our feet, please. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so let me maybe say this. And 
So you saw earlier in the announcements that today is the start of small groups. I'll just say, you know, out there is a piece of paper in the foyer that says the groups. That is a great place to start these kind of relationships. And the reason is, is because once again, you're in someone's home and, and there's a great opportunity to uh, be able to connect with them. Uh, and, you know, once again, it's just a face-to-face, heart-to-heart level. So pray, God, do you want me to go to one of those? Uh, God, is there somebody around? Once again, maybe invite them to lunch. There, there's a thousand ways to do this. I would just encourage you. Everybody look at this. I would just encourage you to just simply buy into what God's doing. That's simple. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Lord, I thank you for every person that's here. God, if this is their first time or they've been coming for years. Uh, Lord, I pray, God, that we have heard your heart today. And, uh, Lord, that we would recognize, God, that this isn't some... Um, this isn't for man. It's, it's all in your word. And, Lord, that our hearts would be open to your way of doing things. Because, once again, Lord, we believe that when we do it your way, we get your results. And, uh, God, we want to be people, God, who respond to the way we've been designed, respond to the way we've been wired. And uh, so, Lord, I'm asking, God, that you would just open up every heart and every mind of every person in the room. And, God, that you would help them to see uh, the need that they have, God, for these types of relationships in their lives. And, uh, Lord, that they would come in agreement with the very language of heaven today. And so, Lord, I just bless your people. Thank you for doing what only you can do, heart to heart, face to face. God, I ask that you would begin to do it, because without you doing it, it doesn't work. So, Lord, would you do it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for encouragement in your walk with God and to receive updates on events happening at The Anchor. Have a great week and God bless.